0: Hello and welcome to Banking Transform. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co publisher of the financial brand. According to the Digital Bank Report, the top priority of the majority of financial institutions globally is to advance digital transformation. But what's the best way to proceed? And where should organizations start? People's United Bank, a $60 billion regional bank based in Connecticut, Reinforce the process of engagement by forming a business transformation office to focus on digitalization and technology development. The team is responsible for optimizing and automating back office processes as well as setting up partnerships with FinTech organizations. To understand how a $60 billion bank can advanced digital transformation, we are joined today by Ravi Vakuchirla. EVP and Chief Transformation Officer at Peoples United. Ravi shares his perspectives on where organizations should start and the roadblocks to digital transformation. Welcome to the show Ravi. While it's been a while since you were named Chief Transformation Officer at Peoples United, I know that you've got a ton of moving parts to make digital transformation a part of everyday banking at the bank. In our digital banking report research, we found that the biggest hurdle success was actually getting top management support as well as the building of a culture that supports digital transformation and moving to a digital bank environment. Was your assignment to Chief Transformation Officer to illustrate both inside and outside the bank, the importance of digital transformation?
1: Hey, Jim, glad to be here on on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. By the way, it's not been a while. It's been six months. So I guess I can still claim we are still in the starting phases of the Business Transformation Office. My appointment to this role was in August 2020. I would say it's primarily from our CEO's standpoint to indicate the commitment and focus all the way from the chairman and CEO, president, and my boss, the chief administrative officer, to the rest of the bank, that transformation is necessary and important for us. And we want to create a focused group. So I would say it's more for internal, it'd probably be applicable outside of, of the bank too. Yep.
0: So that's why we created this. Prior to becoming a chief transformation officer, you held positions in the bank that guided digital channels, product management and operations. What part of your previous roles were most helpful as you embarked upon these new responsibilities?
1: I would say all of them jim in fact i joined the bank about 15 years ago in in the it side as a a programmer Uh, i've held the role of chief architect on the it side and then switched over to the business side managed payments managed digital and before being named into this current role i was in charge of digital product management and all of operations for all three divisions of the bank commercial retail and wealth management. I would say it's the perspective of all of it together. I've seen it from the other side when I was in IT, but if I asked my IT friends, they would say I left the light and went to the dark side. And if I talked to my business friends, they would say I left the dark side and came to the light side. The biggest revelation I would say was about 10 years ago when I left IT, when I thought as a chief architect, because I knew all the systems that I knew the domain. My biggest revelation when I went to the business side was how little I understood and how attention to detail and understanding the domain was so important. So I cannot point to one specific area that is contributing. I think it's the having seen it from the technology side, having a background in engineering from an education standpoint, and then having seen it from a customer facing side and kind of being on the receiving end of technology. And how a customer would see it, understanding the urgency of when somebody says, hey, the customer needs an answer, they're looking for an answer now, not five days from now.
0: So I would say all of them. Your role today is really an evolution from what you held in the past. You took on the role, as you said, in August of last year, which really was in the midst of the pandemic, when everybody was remote, while the consumer is demanding more and more of their digital engagements. What was the first thing that you focused on when you started this position?
1: I would say it's just before starting the position is is a better way to describe what we focused on and kind of it was played a catalyst role, right? When the pandemic happened, the first thing as a bank we had to do was we had 6,400 employees. Some of them were already remote as part of normal course of working, but we suddenly had like under two weeks to take all 6,400 employees remote. We chose to go the route of, unless you have a physical instrument that you are, interacting with, or you're in a branch where you have to physically interact with the customer, the entire back office, our CEO said, okay, let's all make them work from home. So we had to work very closely with our technology team. And the first discovery was technology was only one part of it the employees needing to know how to use that, people who are not used to remote management, people who are not used to remote operate. Normally, let's say you are used to, hey, I have a question, I'll raise my hand, or I'll call Joe in the next cube and say, hey, Joe, this thing is doing something, can you help me? So suddenly, or the supervisors, hey, if you have a question in the call center, a difficult question with the customer, raise your hand and your lead will walk by and help you. Suddenly, there is no lead who's gonna walk by. Right? So it wasn't enough to just set them up technologically. That's one. It was a catalyst moment. Was the first thing we did. Another I would consider in the first important thing of, of which kind of became the catalyst, right, for creating this, was when the CARES Act happened and the PPP loans in the first phase. If you remember, just like with every other financial institution there was a lot of unknowns, right? The SBA kept changing or specifying more guidelines and details up until the last minute. And I think I still remember it was a Thursday evening when we got all the full details of the SBA program. We were working with a FinTech partner, but by the time we figured out the deployment, that was going to take a little bit of time. So we needed to be ready by Saturday. So we pulled in a small group of people from the business from technology, customer facing back of all three, right? And we created using a combination of SharePoint and RPA in, I think, by Friday night, even though Thursday evening, like within like almost 24 to 36 hours, we had an application ready for completely, you know, absorbing the applications, filling them out, posting it into the servicing system, all that pieces, and we were ready to train Saturday morning. and when we realized what we had accomplished under normal circumstances that have been a three to six month project, then we realized that if we focused on something digitally and using technology with all the right stakeholders, we could do so much. And that's when you know, we said, you know what, if this is what we could do in three days or a week, what else can we do if we create a focused group that is focused on digitizing and, and going forward and putting all these together. So that's when we created the Business Transformation Office. So the first thing I did was like every other, like, you know, the first 90 days, creating a governance model, a charter operating model and such.
0: So when you look at that, do you have a department of people that work directly with you? Or are you really a facilitator to get people from different departments to work together to move the organization forward? or a combination of both? What's what's the structure actually like at Peoples United? Yeah, it's a combination of both.
1: Uh, We actually talked about the various models uh, from one end of the spectrum being just emerging technology research and white paper publishing group, if you will, which I would also like to call the ivory tower publication group. And the other end where you essentially stay in your role and just transformation becomes part of your mandate and you're still responsible for everything. What we said was, This one, too many distractions. This one is just, I will read our papers that people will promptly ignore, right? So we created a model where I have some groups that are directly reporting into the business transformation office. So two functions, we said, one is the delivery set of functions and then the other functions are the opportunity identification and improvement and transformation functions. The delivery are the digital teams for the bank report into the transformation office because there's only so much transformation without digital. And some of the fee income product management for cards, for treasury management, for government banking, some of the fee income product management, those are considered the delivery of the products and services. And then what we're building out from a transformation, the automation team for whether it's RPA, low code, no code deployment, federated uh, automation model, That that automation team reports in here. We also have the process optimization team that reports into the transformation office. And I'm still building out the team, but we also have the mandate to build out the FinTech partnerships and research team. And all of this will come together through
0: transformation governance. So that's how we are we are set up. Yeah, so I wrote an article this week on the importance of including employees in the digital transformation journey. I know from a previous discussion that we had that there's a major focus at PPG United to include everybody in the organization in the digital transformation process and actually to help it move forward even quicker. Can you explain a little bit about how you did that and why you came across that model? Absolutely.
1: So I think that's actually very evident in the six objectives and the four pillars of how we set up the business transformation office in the bank. In order, I would say the six objectives at Peoples United Bank for the business transformation office, are: first one, improve employee experience. Two, enhance customer experience. Three, help the bank grow revenues. Four, improve our operational efficiencies. Five, optimize and automate our processes. By the way, in that order, you optimize before you automate. And I can speak for a whole couple of days about optimization and automation, but let's not go there. And the the sixth one is offering better products and services to our customers. So from our standpoint, one of the important things you know, for us, what we realized early on, is if you do not have focus on employee experience, and if you don't, you can talk all about customer experience and buy the next fancy tool, but if the employees coming in every morning who actually are helping us deliver this, who are the face of the bank to the customers. When I say face, I don't just mean physically. Whatever the modality of communication, in the end, it is the employees that are the conduit between this technical product slash service and the customer, right? So the employee experience was a very important part for us. And those are the six objectives. And from a pillar standpoint, we said we can deliver it in four ways, digitization, optimization, automation, and fintech partnerships. And that is a key pillar because it's not just about going to the traditional players or trying to build it ourselves. There are so many companies these days who are not encumbered by legacy technology, who are focused on a niche area and they're solving it. Why not take advantage of it? I don't have to innovate all over again. We'll take that and we will we take their innovation and our distribution
0: and we put them together. That's perfect. Win win. You know, it's interesting because we've talked about that. You know, including the employees also allows them to feel like they're not going to be displaced by the automation, robotics, and everything we're doing in the back end, and that digital's not a bad thing. It's it's an important component. We as we, as you said, we could go on for days talking about that. But as you've moved to become a more digital organization, what have you seen to be the biggest challenge in meeting consumer expectations now that COVID nineteen set in? The expectation. Right, the the speed at which customers are expecting to change,
1: and the just the traditional nature of in in banking, all the checkpoints that we have, right, whether it is, oh, does it meet all the regulatory and compliance, and it's not as simple as if this is the right thing for the customer, let's just do it, right. And then the standard thing about when we want to deploy something new, let's take. If you want to deploy a new mobile banking application, well, I have 500,000 mobile banking customers in the bank and 700,000 online banking customers. So switching and changing something is not the same thing as these are called, I would call them the post-authentication application uh, applications makes it a lot more difficult because you're actually potentially impacting existing customers who are using the service and are expecting the service. So the speed at which we could deliver and the reality and the complexity of of things, right? For example, in 2013 or 2012, when mobile banking was first uh, starting, right? There's only three pieces of interactions. You need to interact with the core, right? You have to write the front end, and you have to interact with the core to display the stuff and maybe the bill pay system, just three. Now, if you're talking about the mobile banking system, right, there is at least 16 integration points I can count from IDV, IAV, to online opening the account, and then what verifications capturing the license, like not just mobile banking anymore, card controls and geo-fencing. And you look at the number of integration points, in order to deliver and deploy that successfully, it has become a more complex ecosystem than it was way
0: back when. So it's interesting. One of the things we found in research from the Digital Bank Report was there was a significant movement from not being able to access accounts, account opening loan processes digitally to be able to. And we, we saw a big rise in the number of organizations that were able to engage digitally. However, in most cases, these processes could be five to 10 to even 15 minutes long to apply for loan or opening an account digitally. So really organizations were faking digital simply by taking something that already existed and putting it, let's say, on a mobile app. How is People's United working to simplify and remove friction from digital engagement? That's a key part, Jim. I'm so glad you, you pointed that out,
1: right? So th- that's amazing. I think one of the big things is initially, right, when people said we have digital account opening, they didn't have digital account opening. What they had was digital application collection. Great, great right? word. I love it. Yeah, yep. you have something on. Yep. So it is only digital account opening if it is straight through all the way till the account is opened and the customer can transact on it. If all you've done is, hey, you don't have to come into the branch, you can fill your information on your mobile phone or on your web, that's application collection. That's not account opening. So, and the second part of it is, if you just digitize the customer facing part of it, but the rest of the process is all manual where, oh, yeah, that was the initial stages, if you remember, at least some institutions did that, where, oh, we'll collect it. What does it do then? Well, it then drops it into a big database where somebody is manually uh, sprinting off spreadsheets and then typing them into the back-end application.
0: And they have to go back into the branch to finish the process. You're going... That's not end-to-end.
1: Or we will send you an email three days later when your account is actually open. I know that, yeah. That's not okay, right? To me, I would describe that as trying to paint the front end of the house or or doing as much as you can to make the front of your house, the facade, look great. But inside of the house, it's all 1960s. So that's not going to help. So we actually, when we did our account, online account opening, we insisted on end-to-end process automation, right? Where all the way to making an API call into the core, opening the account, and when we responded back, it is with an open account. And they could right-click and say, order a debit card right
0: there, right in the process. What was the biggest thing that moved the needle the largest towards making it more digital engagement experience-wise? What was the thing that you did that that made it a lot easier for the consumer to open an account or to apply for a loan? So the
1: first thing I'll say is, think like a customer and not a banker, right? That's the first thing. And in fact, this was pre-COVID. We actually had a couple of people with some charts and and, and a sample app walking in the mall, in, in the Trumbull Mall right here near Bridgeport and said, hey, if we did this to our application, would you as a customer think this is good for you? And would you switch, right? We actually invested resources in going and talking to customers. We didn't just think for them or presuppose for them. Right. And similarly, we spend time talking to our customer facing people, right? Not just the back office technology team spinning up something based on papers that they have read. Right. We talk to the call center people. We talk to the branch people and say, what do you think customers are mostly frustrated about? We had actually a couple of people standing in the branches with notepads and asked customers if they're willing to talk to us for a research. So. We had identified 182 pain points wow. across all those kind of things, and we incorporated them into how we are building our application. We are still in the process of digitizing that, and we incorporated all that feedback. Another very important thing that I think should not be you know, short-shifted in my opinion is digital advocacy, Jim. I, I will tell you one of the important things is making sure all your employees are easily able to learn and understand the products and services we are offering. How can you support a customer about a product that you yourself have not used or don't know anything about? Yeah. Right? We sometimes forget that it's all about the customer, customer. Well, yeah, but the big missing link in here is about the employees, right? So we had digital advocacy tools and we, we started taking these simulators and putting them in. The engagement was amazing. So not forgetting the communication aspect of it culture and we had all the stakeholders another big shift we did was this was about instill in the beginning stages of where we were moving from traditional approach to you know development of applications in the traditional waterfall method now agile is an overused word but i have to say it's not a fad i'm a full firm believer of agile and we found the value of having those focused teams daily stand-ups and Another big thing I would say, Jim, this may be a little bit unintuitive, is let the people who know the details make the decisions, empower them. It's amazing sometimes how you would find in some institutions where the people making the decisions are so far removed from the actuality. How does that make sense? It is the people who know who are interacting with the customers, dealing with the applications. So we also changed that. We created the product manager, product owner model where the product owners are empowered to make a decision on this is the right
0: way and it's not in some big committee great so we're going to take a short break now to hear from our sponsors but we'll be back really shortly is your organization trying to embrace digital banking transformation in 2021 are you trying to elevate the customer experience figure out what technology you want to implement to improve the customer journey look at data analytics to really better understand and personalize the customer experience, and you're trying to make it so that more of your employees can buy into and be part of your digital banking transformation. If this sounds like you, I ask you to reimagine banking with our newest podcast sponsor, Microsoft. They give you the opportunity to unlock new opportunities at speed throughout innovative business models, deliver differentiated customer experiences across channels, products, and services, and redefine new ways of banking. Microsoft and its partner ecosystem help banks to achieve differentiation through sustainable growth, streamlining core systems, reducing cost and risk, and delighting customers and employees. If you're in the midst of a journey trying to figure out what to do next, maybe trying to find out what other organizations are doing to lift up their experience level, I really encourage you to look at Microsoft. For more information, visit Microsoft.com slash financial services. Welcome back to Banking Transform. I'm with Robbie Vacacola from People's United Bank, the Chief Digital Transformation Officer at the bank. And we've been talking about the, the process of digitally transforming a $60 billion financial institution. So Ravi, our research shows that the vast majority of financial institutions do not feel prepared to address the challenges of data analytics as it relates to personalization of communication and even making recommendations of future products to consumers. What has People United done to address this issue? Very good and very
1: important question, Jim. I would say, I think the two things that have changed significantly in the last 20, 30 years are data and technology, right? In fact, I have a a t-shirt that I want to give to all my team that says data greater than opinion. So from our standpoint, uh, it's a couple of things, important things, I would say. One, we have um, steadily, invested in appropriate data technologies, whether it is big data or whether it is unstructured database or enabling cloud enabling, you know, our databases, you know, working towards going through Amazon, working with our technology team. We have a very strong, you know, CIO and CTO trying to move to a cloud first strategy. And we have Click and Tableau and Power BI and various digital data visualization tools. And so that's one side of it. Right? Interestingly, if you notice what I heard so far, it's all very technology focused. The important, the big part I would think is that's only one side or one facet of the piece. The big piece is how is the data being used by the business teams, by the people? We are not a technology company trying to prove the fanciest technologies and whether we can integrate to all of them. The idea is how is it useful for, the bankers to be able to serve the customers. If you're not able to better understand the customer and better serve their needs and better address the risk of the bank, then there is no use to have all those technologies. So from our standpoint, we are doing an exercise evaluating all of our data management capabilities. And in addition to having all the technology set, making sure we have processes in place where the business units are able to properly use the data. What's the data for? And how is it helping us deliver products and services to the customer? and thinking about data not as a, oh, that's reporting, that's later, right? That's phase two, let's get the application in first and let's call it done. No, 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 no. We define in our stand, for example, when we deployed our online account opening, the entire reporting of the entire funnel, top of the funnel all the way through, and all the reporting at the various touch points of the customer and the back office transactions were all built in as a key requirement, as important as the functional requirement. And that is how we are able to now see what was working, what is not. And also, sometimes it's harder, right? Because some of these applications have been in place for a long time, our lending application, if you will, our lending loan servicing system, et cetera. But those we are building and working towards improving.
0: Our research also found that as organizations are trying to digitally transform themselves, which is a huge undertaking, that sometimes innovation has taken a secondary position to other initiatives i know that you were in charge of the fintech partnerships and innovation at at people's united how do you keep innovation something that is really embraced throughout the organization as it leads towards better digital transformation again another wonderful question so jim i would say by
1: making it second nature right by making it part of the dna of the people we are not there yet right i would like to get there where innovation, uh, like any good, you know, partnership or relationship for that matter, is not an event. Innovation is not a project with a start and stop. Innovation is a mindset, right? So by making it part of our culture, right, that's what we hope to do, which is to say, hey, as we are trying to offer products and services, whether they are new or existing ones, and that's why this department we are trying to create of fintech research, right, is because if we want to, let's say, get into consumer self issuing of unsecured credit, or, or credit cards, etc. The traditional model is, well, if you want to do credit cards, you go to TCS or FDR, or, you know, whoever is the next player, and, and you do it, and then you issue plastic. No, it's not about the plastic anymore. Everybody has the plastic. It's about how you digitally use the plastic, the expectation of a customer is to open their phone, right click and put it on their digital wallet, not to pull it out of their physical wallet and use it. So looking at the landscape and understanding that technology has changed and is changing so much that we need to make that technology and data part of our processes and move from our traditional mindset of, oh, if I want financials, I want to ask them for it and look at them. A lot of this data is available these days already without burdening the customer. So making those API calls, etc., to the secretary of state data for a small business, for example, and collecting all the information and don't ask again. Once you type in ABC manufacturing in a secretary of state data link, you get a bunch of the information already. So make it easier for the customer by using the data and technology more as appropriate. Again, do not chase after shiny objects. I know I'm digressing a little, but I'll tell you, that's another very important thing, Jim. If the need of the day is about running water and 24 hour electricity, don't try to build a helipad, okay, somewhere else. Don't forget the need of the customer, right? And always make sure your investments and research and decisions are driven by customer need and data and not based on opinion or ch- chasing after a shiny object.
0: You're a $60 billion organization. We already know that you're not one of the biggest guys out there, you're, you're not in the top five that have all the funds in the world to build a digital transformation in a digital bank. However, you also have some of the needs that these bigger banks have as well. When you look at where you're trying to go, Are you trying to keep up with the top five financial institutions or are you trying to just beat your biggest competitors as it relates to digital experiences? I would say neither. We are not trying
1: to go after the big five or beat our competitors. What we are trying to do is serve our customers better. We know what we are good at. We know what we are offering and do it to the best of our abilities. I will also submit that to some extent, in some cases, yes, the large, the top four, you know, Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan Chase, can invest billions of dollars, and I believe I think Chase has more than fifty thousand technology people. Our entire bank is six thousand five hundred people. So there is that, right? I agree, but the way in which technology has improved, I would say we just want to serve our customers better, take advantage of the data and technology available in the market, and do the best we can, and that will result in the appropriate, you know, customer retention and new customer generation for us.
0: So as we look at digital and customer experience, we feel like there, there definitely needs to be emotion, personalization, and experiential components to an organization's digital model. How are you hoping to do this in the future? How are you trying to make Banking with Peoples United part of the, a consumer's everyday journey and something they actually enjoy doing?
1: That's actually a $64 million question. If we could actually completely solve it, I, I, I would say, you know, it would be amazing. But we do think about that. The one good thing is we acknowledge that that is a need. One of the things we want to do is, we want to fit our products and services into the customer's life journey and not ask them to take a detour from what, they, whether it is a consumer trying to buy a home. no, Think of it, any family having a discussion in their house, do not start by saying, let's get a mortgage. They start by saying, let's buy a house. So let's make the effort in terms of your process, in terms of how you are building our you know, communication materials, etc. stop selling products and services, understand the customer's journey, right? Whether it is a small business, large corporate, or consumer, they're all journeys. They're all in there not to do banking. I think it was Bill Gates who said banking should be like laundry. It's a necessity, but you know we just want to do it and you want it to be as fast as possible. right? So I would say that that's the idea for us at Peoples. What we are trying to do is embrace more of you know the thinking and all the tools available so that we can provide our products and services and show value or where we can enhance or help the customer's journey. As opposed to it is a bunch of stuff that we have. Why don't you take a detour from your whatever you are doing and buy these products and services?
0: So finally, if so we look to 2021, which we're already into by a month, what is the top of your personal to do list in 2021? And if an organization to your size is trying to move and start their transformation journey, what recommendation would you give them as to how to start? I will say agility,
1: understanding that you have to be agile and willing to pivot. Don't be afraid of mistakes. Right. And then I'll say there are five important things I want to you know leave everybody with. The first thing I would say is do not underestimate the importance of culture, leadership and discipline. OK, and that I cannot stress the importance of that. That is more than any budget or product that you buy or build or whatever culture, leadership, discipline, right? And don't fall into the fallacy of sexy transformation or transformation being a big initiative that is announced with bells and whistles. Transformation is 1% incremental changes executed with discipline, right? It is not about the goals, as they say, it is about the systems that help you get to the goal. So change your systems, not your goals, right? The next point I would say very important, would be employee experience is as important as customer experience, and happy employees translate to happy customers. So the tools that they, you give in their hands are not waste. You know, don't start measuring detailed ROI for everything that you help Im- your employees be more productive. That'll pay back in spades, in my opinion. And then next would be customer experience obviously that's a common everybody acknowledges and we definitely acknowledge do not you know and as part of that i would say again listen to your customers listen to your customers listen to your customers don't presuppose that you understand them and stop thinking like a banker and the last one i would say is embrace technology and data and democratize and the model that we've adopted for our rpa and automation for example is full federated we are not trying to say that RPA and automation is the preview of a small group and we will come and automate everything for you. We are putting that in the hands of the people who are facing the customers and supporting the various lines of business. And they have embraced that so well. We have done amazing amount of you know RPA work in the bank in, in one year of setting up that department.
0: Ravi, I can't thank you enough. As I mentioned at the start of the show, we engaged in a webinar about a week ago, and it was really exciting to see how a bank that's not the biggest bank in the world is really moving the needle as far as digital transformation and the commitment that's more than just a title or a new department. Because the reality is you've been doing this for years, and I really appreciate you being on the show, and I hope you have a great day. Hi, thank you, Jim. It's very nice being on your show. It's a privilege. Thank you for inviting me. You know, what a great discussion with Ravi from People's United Bank. I think really what I got out most of it is stay focused to what needs to be done today for digital transformation and don't get distracted by all the other things that we're all talking about that you have to do. Because distraction is gonna make us you can't move forward. Secondly, and it's something that I, I don't know if I understood as much before I talked to Ravi last week and again this week, is the importance of employee engagement and involvement from the very beginning. Digital transformation is not going to work if the legacy banking environment is going to continually fight against you because you're fearful of what change will bring. Thank you for listening to It Transformed, raised in a top five banking podcast by Apple. I generally appreciate the support you've provided since we started this endeavor over a year ago. If you enjoy what we're doing, please be sure to subscribe to the Bank and Transform app on your favorite podcast app. In addition, please take 30 to 45 seconds to show some love in the form of a review. It means the world to me. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out the research you're doing on digital transformation, the future of work retail banking innovation, and the changing dynamics of financial marketing in a digital environment. This has been your production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, audio engineer, Sean Ruhl-Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Ruse. Until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. We'd never admit it, but deep down, we all get at least some pleasure from bad things happening to somebody we don't like. History's full of stories about bitter enemies being mutually horrible. Usually nothing good comes of it. But sometimes, sometimes, you get soul singers James Brown and Joe Tex, or 17th century nun Sor Juana and the entire Catholic Church duking it out and dramatically changing our world. On Beef with Bridget Todd, we tell the stories of those petty feuds behind some of the greatest art, innovation, and global events. Listen to Beef
1: wherever you get your podcasts.